0: Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals
1: go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today's December 12, 2019. Take it away, Molly.
0: Thank you for that introduction.
1: <laughs> Trying to make it a little different.
0: <laughs> we got the Detroit Lions coming up. Woohoo. Woohoo. I think this is gonna be a pretty one sided game, but
1: You never wh- know You
0: never know. Any given Sunday.
1: Any given Jameis.
0: They are three, nine and one. Their fan base understandably has given up on this season as they have many seasons in the past. They're looking ahead at the draft already. It feels <laughs> weird to not be in that position to not have a winning record but not be thinking about the draft. I kind of, just...
1: I kind of wish I was into the draft and college football so that I could have that excitement. You know, it's just not appealing to me whatsoever. It's like, you yeah, know, ooh, let's get ready for the draft. I feel like it's, it's like people with Christmas presents. You know, they're opening new toys. You know, I want this, I want that. They're circling stuff in the so, catalog like he's you doing. You're a kid.
0: What I heard is you hate Christmas. <laughs>
1: Well, I did get the Christmas tree fixed today, so that took okay.
0: We can enjoy it for large, two weeks. Large
1: chunk of time. Got <laughs> one of the Christmas trees with the lights built into it, and when one goes out, they all go out. So you have to, but hunt you know it down. what?
0: That tree has gotten us through ten years. That is a long life for. Have we a tree. had
1: that tree for ten years? We
0: have. See, I'm all talking about buying a new one. You're like, yeah, it's fine. It's a ten year old tree with pre lit lights.
1: Yeah, but in tree years, that meant there, it's like three.
0: No, that's like a. That's really good for an artificial tree.
1: I don't remember us having it for ten years.
0: I bought it when we first got together.
1: That's probably why I don't remember. It. Right, I was exactly. with you.
0: Maybe, but you don't remember that stuff. What's your name? <laughs> All right, Detroit Lions.
1: Your name is Detroit Lions. <laughs> yes.
0: Focus. <laughs> nice
1: to meet you, Detroit.
0: So now that their season is basically over, everyone's going on IR. They just lost Marvin Jones, one of their top receivers.
1: Now we're not we're not saying that he's faking injury or anything. It's just
0: It tends to happen at the end of losing seasons. Yes. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. It's just
1: What's he got, a hamstring injury?
0: The nature of the beast. I can't remember. But now that he's out, they only have three receivers.
1: Yeah, three receivers total. Danny Amendola. Chris Lacey and Kenny Galladay.
0: They did bring one guy up from the practice squad from today, old, Travis Folgum
1: From Old Dominion University? Yep,
0: that's where I graduated, my alma mater. Do you remember him? No. <laughs> Shut up. They didn't even have a football program when I went
1: there. They didn't? No, they no. had a football program. No,
0: not since I graduated. Wow, you are old. It was like my senior year. That's when they got their football program.
1: I thought they had a football no, program for a long time.
0: Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I mean, 10 years. It's kind of a long time.
1: So, Danny Amendola, Chris Lacy, and Kenny Galladay. Now, Kenny Galladay is pretty good. We all know Danny Amendola is pretty good. But uh, Chris Lacy, never heard of him.
0: Surprisingly, their offense is like 13th in yards per game, which is surprising to me.
1: Well, they did very good at the beginning of the year when they had Matthew Stafford. You know, he's a gunslinger. He's going to get you quite a few 300-yard games. And then when he got hurt, and then Marvin Jones out, it's like...
0: And then... Who else was it? Carry on Johnson. Is that their running back? Running back. Running back. Speaking of running backs, they've got Bo Scarborough starting on the depth chart. He's out this week. He had a re- rib injury. Good He's sustained in Minnesota. Exactly. So who's going to be starting?
1: Ty Johnson or J.D. McKissick? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Both, I guess.
1: Probably. Yeah. yeah they've, they've been doing basically a running back by committee anyhow.
0: Right. And then they've got Wes Hills on the practice squad that they could promote. So we'll see. I know absolutely nothing about this team. Like, I don't even really know anyone on it. I kind of stopped paying attention, I think, when Calvin Johnson left. Mm. He was fun to watch.
1: We did watch last week's game against Minnesota.
0: They just got destroyed.
1: Yeah, they got beat up pretty bad.
0: Which... We should really take out all our playoff frustrations on the Lions because they're the reason we're not going to the playoffs. Had they beaten Minnesota, we would still be in the playoff hunt. That's
1: right.
0: So we should really channel that anger into this game and just beat the crap out of them. We
1: ought to punch them in the face. (laughs) man. I
0: know. I'm telling you. Their defense has a league-low five interceptions this season. Dar- Jameis Winston should be able to help him out this week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they might be able to double that. This.
0: They, no, well, no. I don't know. I think they could get two, maybe.
1: Who's Who's Walk got all seven. the interceptions, Darius Slay?
0: I don't know. Five interceptions.
1: I mean, on their whole defense, I know two guys. Trey Flowers and Darius Slay.
0: I guess when Matt Patricia came in, they're probably in rebuild again.
1: They've <laughs> been at since 1920. I
0: know. You know, I do feel bad for them. I do like the Lions. Kind of soft spot for them.
1: Have you ever met a Detroit Lions fan in real life? No. I'm not sure I have either, come to think about it. Do they even exist?
0: <laughs> Just in Michigan, maybe.
1: I wonder how they're doing with attendance. We're playing at Detroit, right?
0: Yeah. This is our last road game.
1: I want to see what their attendance is like. All right, so we looked it up, and uh, Detroit Stadium... Holds about between 65 and 70,000 people. Their paid attendance is about 65,000. So, That's you know, crazy. they show up.
0: A lot of good it does them. I know. Maybe it's too cold to do anything up there.
1: <laughs> They're all <laughs> so they
0: just them. for the free heat. <laughs> They're currently on a six game lose streak.
1: Well, let's make it seven.
0: I agree. You know, the Bucks have never finished a season with more than three wins in a row right really? at the end. Really? Yeah.
1: So we could break so that record. Yeah,
0: so if we finish, I mean, we've had three wins in a row in a season, obviously, but just at the end. So we'd have to finish all six games, which we can do. Since we were in Detroit's division before, we have a lot of games up against each other. 57, to be exact. They win the series, 31-26.
1: 31-26? Yeah. That's not that bad.
0: No, not too bad.
1: Especially considering how bad we were in that division for so long. But then again, they were pretty bad, too. <laughs> oh, and Green Bay was horrible, too, up until Brent Favre got there.
0: Now they're just spoiled. They got Aaron Rodgers, coach in the team.
1: He's probably general manager, too. Probably. Interior decorator. <laughs> he does everything. This is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about here. I know. Yeah, I'm looking on the broadcast version of the Bears-Lions game and some other Lions games. Their stadium looks... Uh, I don't know. I'd say 70% full. More packed than you would think.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. So.
0: All right. Let's talk about how we stack up. In total offense, the Bucks are third in the league. Woohoo. And the Lions are 13th, which I'm impressed that they're that high. I mean, you have a backup quarterback come in. You have a lot of injuries on your offense. It's pretty good. They're rushing, our rushing offense is tied for 24th. Not great. They are 19th.
1: Not much better. Not much
0: better. Our passing offense is second. Theirs is seventh. So, again, pretty impressive. Total defense, we're 17th, and they are 29th. Our rushing defense is back at first. Really? Very exciting. Theirs is 23rd. So, this is a little side note, but Buccaneers opponents have tried 74 runs up the middle this year. And they've averaged just 2.2 yards per carry, which is the lowest against any defense in the NFL. Sweet. So, a nice little tidbit there.
1: The Jets are second behind us in run stuffing. Is that right?
0: Well, the Bucks' passing defense is back to 31st, and the Lions' is 30th. So, we're about evenly matched there. I think James is just going to have a field day. I hope so. Have you heard anything about his thumb?
1: Uh, last I heard, it was uh, bandaged up. He was wearing a cast on it, but it was just preventive.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I saw him at, did he have an event for the his foundation? Yes, he did. And it was on there. The Bucks are third in points scored, and the Lions are 19th. So that's a pretty big disparity right there. We've allowed, we're 31st in points allowed. They are 24th. We are tied for 15th in sacks, and they are 28th in sacks. So not a great pass rush.
1: What are we in sacks?
0: 15th. Really? We're tied. And then we're 24th for sacks allowed. They are 19th. Our turnover margin, Ooh, I don't even want to talk about this one. <laughs> we're tied for 28th. We have a minus 10 differential. They are tied for 20th. They are minus 3.
1: That's a, actually quite impressive on our part to only be 28th with Jameis Winston having <laughs> uh, himself having, what, 23 interceptions? Right,
0: the most out of any quarterback.
1: That's incredible. I
0: yeah. Think. Let's go over the injury report. For the Bucks. we've got Bo Allen with an ankle injury. He practiced Wednesday, not on the injury report Thursday. He was on the injury report, but he was a full participant. Alex Kappa returned to practice this week. He was limited Wednesday, but a full participant on Thursday. DeMar Dodson, he got a rest day on Wednesday, so they had to put him on there. He was a full participant on Thursday. I shouldn't say it was a rest day. I assume it was a rest day, but they just say it's not injury-related. So sometimes they have, like, excused absences. Might have been that. Unsurprisingly, Mike Evans with the hamstring injury hasn't practiced all week. Scotty Miller with his hamstring, it looks like it's getting better. Maybe we'll have him for Sunday. He was limited Wednesday, full participant on Thursday. Anthony Nelson with his hamstring injury has kept him limited all week, but that's an upgrade from last week when he didn't practice at all. JPP has this nagging knee injury. He didn't participate Wednesday, but returned to practice on Thursday. Donovan Smith hasn't practiced all week. And Winston was limited both days. So not too bad, but Donovan being on the injury report, that's a little alarming. I do hope, however... It's given whoever is going to take his spot if he doesn't play the reps and everything to kind of get up to speed. So we do have that going for us, at least. For the Lions, they have cornerback Jamal Agnew with an ankle injury. He fully participated all week. Defensive end Austin Bryant had a hip injury. He's been limited all week. Guard Joe Dahl had a back and a knee injury. He hasn't participated all week. Gerard Davis, or Jared Davis?
1: I don't know. (laughs) Gerard (laughs) A-Ron.
0: Well, it has two R's in an A. Leave me alone.
1: Uh, Jaqueline.
0: Linebacker has an ankle and knee injury. Hasn't participated all week. Defensive lineman Deshaun Hand has an ankle injury. They actually put him on IR today. Damon Harrison Sr. He's got so many injuries. The font is so small I can't read it. I think it says calf, knee, shoulder, rest. Is there a defensive tackle? He was a full participant Wednesday, but didn't practice on Thursday. Linebacker Christian Jones has a shoulder injury that's kept him limited all week. Their punter, Sam Martin, he's got an abdomen injury. He's also been limited. Cornerback Rashawn Melvin has a rib injury, but he's fully participated all week. Sean Robinson defensive tackle he's got a shoulder injury hasn't participated all week Bo Scarborough as we talked about earlier with the rib injury was limited Wednesday didn't practice Thursday and we now know he's not playing. Of course, Matt Stafford with his back injury, he hasn't practiced all week. And then tackle Rick Wagner has a knee injury, and he has not practiced all week. Damn. Yeah, they have a pretty substantial injury report here.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of injuries.
0: Yeah, I think it's just getting to that point in the season for a lot of teams and a lot of guys, especially when you don't have anything to fight for. So what do you think the key to the game is going to be? I know Bruce Arians was talking about Darius Slay. What do you think about him?
1: Uh, You know, I've never really paid much attention to him. You know, his name pops up all the time. I've always liked him. He seems to be pretty good. I haven't ever really watched any coaches' film on him that I can recall. Well, you know, we played the Lions a few years ago, so I'll probably watch Coach's film.
0: I think in 2017.
1: Yeah. I think I was impressed with him. Uh, I know in that Minnesota game, he got beat quite a few times, uh. though.
0: What do you think it's going to be like with Mike Evans not being there?
1: I don't think we're going to see much of a drop-off.
0: I don't think so either, especially with how the rest of the guys kind of rallied up after he went out. Justin
1: Watson played very, very well.
0: I think so, too. He
1: looks like he's coming to his own. I'm excited to see him out there, actually, Sunday. See what he can bring to the table. I don't think we're going to have much of an issue with this team.
0: No, I don't think so either. So are you going to lose your mind again if Jameis throws a pick like on the first play?
1: No, not now. I expect it. I'll probably be disappointed if he does it. And then I'll go, uh-oh, this is a jinx.
0: Yeah, I would almost just prefer it. Just throw just it, get it immediately. Out of the way. Yeah.
1: Well, it is so funny because every time we win the toss, we always get the ball first. I think there's been one game where we deferred.
0: And then I think Jameis threw a pick that yeah. time
1: anyway. <laughs> I think so too. But we, most teams defer. We don't. If we get the coin toss, we go out there on the field. But Jameis immediately gives the ball away, so <laughs> it really irrelevant. doesn't matter. But you
0: know what? It happened with Brissett. I think, when he came out. Didn't he turn have a turnover after the third quarter or at the third quarter? Maybe it wasn't a turnover, but maybe they went three and out, so it didn't matter. I, I remembered something specifically.
1: But obviously not too specific.
0: Not though. too specifically, <laughs> but I do remember that them having the ball first really didn't help them in the third quarter. I just found it in my game notes. Yeah, they had to punt their first possession of the third. So it didn't really help them either.
1: True. Sure. There's an article posted today on prideofdetroit.com, Super Bowl Nation. Uh, former Lions tight end Hakeem Vallez, I guess that's how you pronounce his name, rips Matt Patricia's fear-based culture, quoting, there's too much ego. Uh, the former Lion did not hold back when talking about his time with Patricia versus Caldwell. Uh, this guy was a tight end, I believe. Yes, tight end. Who... I uh, loved Caldwell, hated Patricia. Said Patricia was just, you know, one of those hard-nosed, tough guys who berated people. Like, after every game, he'd drag everybody into the film room and chew them out for 90 minutes while showing them film. Oh, God. That's after a game. Could you imagine that? Ugh. And then, uh...
0: Especially a game that you lost.
1: He said that Patricia was late for every meeting all the time. It was like, he did it on purpose, because he was as big into this, I'm the alpha and everybody else is the beta. Ah. Uh. And, uh, but this guy sounds like really a disgruntled employee.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he ripped the owner, who is 96, because she couldn't remember his name. Uh, he did have good words for Matthew Stafford's leadership, causing the best quarterback in the NFL, but this guy's nobody. I mean, he played there for a year, maybe two.
0: Poor old lady. <laughs> I know.
1: Martha Ford, she's 94 years old. The guy said, uh, I have zero respect for Martha Ford, mainly because I've met her 10 to 15 times, and every single time I've met her, she's reintroduced herself. She's 94 (laughs) years old, dude. There's, what...
0: Oh, that makes me sad. Seven,
1: Seventy players on a roster, not including coaches I know. and stuff. Think she can't about how many
0: it. rosters she's been through oh, in God. her ninety-four years. So
1: you think she's been?
0: I know, like that's like <laughs> thousands <laughs> to <toilet> of players <laughs> that she's had to go through. I mean, if you have a ninety-man roster at the beginning of each season, or you know, yeah, off-season.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not. I don't know this guy's name. I've never heard of him. No got to be a star to get that kind of recognition from a 94-year-old.
0: I was listening to Pat McAfee today on the Patriots cheating scandal. Have you looked into that any?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Did you want me to sum up what I know about it? Yeah. (laughs) The way you were looking at me, you were like waiting for me to talk. Uh, Apparently, the New England Patriots are filming a video. It's a series called Do Your Job. So they've got a camera crew that's going around and following their scouts. They're they're basically doing some of the minor players in the organization. Not players, but personnel. It's what they're highlighting on. They're following this one scout, and he was up in the press booth at the Cleveland-Cincinnati game. Well, the guy's... There, the cameraman anyhow. This is the first time he'd ever done anything like this. Apparently this crew is kind of new and they don't know the rules and regulations. And he put up a tripod with Cameron headed pointing at the Cincinnati Bengals sideline. And I guess they left because camera was just sitting there. And one of the Bengals guys saw it, freaked out, went and got security and the Browns officials. And they came in and confiscated the card from the camera. And of course, Belichick saying, well, you know, he doesn't have anything to do with the, production crew and everything, but he's a sneaky man. He's cheating. You know he's cheating.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised to see you say that.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm a cheater. I recognize a cheater. He's a cheater. <laughs> but he's a cheater. And a, he's a good cheater.
0: Okay. On Pat McAfee's podcast, Matt Hasselbeck texted Pat McAfee. and was like, I got to come on your show to talk about this. I can't believe you didn't even ask me about this. And I can't believe you didn't think about this aspect. That using hand signals is not that useful in the NFL anymore. No. Nah. So whatever they got from it, they're not. I mean, what are they going to do with it? It's well, like it's, minimal.
1: It's a game of inches, and anything you can get is valuable. Belichick has got apparently a genius mind for football or cheating. Che- or for cheating. To you. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to me and all the evidence, it, this isn't the first time he's been busted doing this.
0: Everyone, everyone wants him to be a cheater because they can't explain what he does otherwise.
1: That, right. Right. So you can you can see tendencies and stuff like that that coaches do, like uh, changes, player personnel. Uh, there are signals that they do on the sidelines. You know, like if the, like when the the offense is coming on the field, they have guys up in the booth with binoculars that see who is coming on the field, and so they'll signal the defense and they'll say, "Hey, there's two tight ends and a running back." So the defense will hold up a card that says twelve on it, or 21.
0: Yeah, okay, but that's packages. not a hand signal. That's a card.
1: Yeah, but if you look, a lot of the cards will be cryptic. They'll have, it'll, it'll be like a, a smiley face and a, you know, sometimes they'll use emojis. Yeah. Sometimes they'll use just pictures, whatever. Or letters. But yeah. Or whatever. So, you know, if you, could, if you could videotape that and, you know, just get one little advantage, there you go. All kinds of stuff I would do if I was a head coach. I talk about <laughs> it all the time. All the cheating I It'd would be do. A
0: total cheat. I do not play board games with Ralph because he cheats every time.
1: Not just board games. I cheat with everything. Everything. But see, here it is. I'm, okay. I don't. I don't cheat when I'm in actual competition, and I do it with you because you're so naive. I don't want you to think that everybody is going to tell you when they're cheating. So I'll cheat, and I always tell you. I always tell you, so that you'll if see that. If
0: anyone buys that, please tweet me, <laughs> well. and I have some shit to sell you. Yeah, well. Okay, let me tell you, when I discovered Ralph was a cheater, he could do the Rubik's Cube, and eventually I decided I was going to do it too, but I Googled the instructions online, and I memorized them that way, and turns out I could do it faster. My way was better or the instructions way, which is really weird to me because you always read instructions. I'm surprised you didn't go that route. So at the time, Facebook was big and that game Farmville. So I played that for fun and Ralph decided he was going to join Facebook just so he could play Farmville with me. And he... Downloaded a bot to harvest all of his crops. <laughs> You're not familiar with Farmville. You have to plant your crops. If you plant like celery and it takes four hours to grow, you got to come back in four hours and harvest it, or else it all wilts. So Ralph found a workaround the bot, and so he never had to harvest his own crops.
1: I forgot all about that. He
0: became like a millionaire farmer in Farmville in like two weeks, all out of petty revenge for me beating him on the Rubik's cube.
1: We never did have a re-showdown after that. I let you beat me at the Ruby's I was, I was trying to date you, so. Lies. Uh, but then there was a time we played, not there, soon thereafter. What was it? We were playing Monopoly? Yeah. With?
0: With somebody else.
1: Yeah, and we, you went to use the bathroom, and I talked to her into
0: cheating. Cheating, too. <laughs> yeah. well, you asked me first, and I was like, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, so, hey, I found a, yeah, we whooped you, and then we were laughing so hard. Or I was laughing. So I think
0: hard. that was the last game I ever played with you. Never again.
1: Now, see, you're you are a horrible loser. Uh, she. Uses, I just don't
0: like cheating. I like people that okay. I like it. I like playing a board game where you play by the rules.
1: Okay. Well, well what about Madden?
0: You cheated. No, I didn't cheat. You did. Cheat. I
1: honestly whooped your butt up and down, this, and you quit. And you were like, "I'm never going to play again," and we haven't played again. You cheated. Right. See, this is the whole Bella Belichick thing. You get caught cheating <laughs> once. That's the thing. You've never caught me cheating. I've always told you. Because I think it's funny. I do. I think it's funny. <laughs> we do this. We do this thing. Well, this is going off on a tangent. I know. We do this thing where we pick at the beginning of the year, we make a pick on every team in the league and where they're going to finish up at the end of the year. And then who's going to go to the playoffs and who's going to the Super Bowl. This year, we both picked New England. Of course, uh, you picked. Who, who Minnesota. In, in, you picked Minnesota. I picked New Orleans. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah, you know, we did this, and she knows I'm a cheater. So, uh, we would like seal it up in an envelope. We'd write our initials on the back of it, all these protections and all this good stuff. It never stopped me. I would.
0: <laughs> this time, I put in a file folder in my car, and lo and behold, three weeks later, it's in his inbox. <laughs> that file folder, <laughs> you bastard.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. I steamed the envelopes open and I had and change my picks That was hilarious. You
0: could just forge my initials. I
1: did that once, too. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, it's all in fun. It's all in fun. I always tell you, if I was a real cheater, I would never tell you.
0: Mm-hmm. What started this tangent? I don't remember. You miss. Oh, Pat McAfee.
1: Oh, no, so
0: they start going on about these college coaches who, they're saying the— Real authoritarian coaches work well in college, where you can like dictate every minute of these guys' lives, and
1: yeah, you hear that a lot. They're not
0: paid more than you. I think that's why Greg Schiano did well in college, but not in the NFL. Right,
1: that's what everybody says.
0: So it sounds. I have like, my
1: own theory about that, though.
0: <laughs> it sounds like Matt Patricia maybe is a little. Yeah, the authoritarian,
1: author- Authoritarian. But, but, you know, they're trying to get rid of all that mess. They're, basically, they're trying to get rid of all masculinity on the planet, I think. But uh, in the NFL, they're definitely going in that way. And, the you know, it used to be all coaches were that way. Even know. in the NFL? Yes. I mean, Tom Coughlin is like the last coach I remember that was old school authoritarian. You know, there was none of this. Coaches, player, player-coaches and all that. Now they're all player-coaches, you know. But, you know, these guys are making so much money.
0: Most of them make more than the coach.
1: Right. And they have more power in the coach, too, yeah. as far as the media. and Because the media will always take the player side over management or owners. Always. Always, always, always.
0: Yeah, like, look what they're doing with the Jets. The Jets players keep coming out. Or earlier in the season, we're coming out.
1: Well, the media has this thing that they're the arbiters of who is the oppressed and who is the oppressor. You know, who is the underdog and all this. So they see the players as...
0: Right, it's the billionaires oppressing the millionaires. Right,
1: right. So, they'll always take the player side. So, you know, they get all these stories about coaches doing this, coaches doing that, you know, and the media will run with it and everything. But, you know, it's got, it, that's the hardest part of being a head coach, I think, would be managing all these people. Because you give a guy who, you know, maybe come from middle class or lower, you know, something, something like that, you know, all the way up to college, and then he goes to the NFL and he gets his first paycheck, you know, especially if he's a top draft pick. Now, you know, he's getting millions of dollars. And you're still expecting him to go out and do the exact same thing he was doing for free in college and high school when he could be out on his yacht drinking Chardonnay with a bunch of beautiful people. I was going to say females, but you never know.
0: I was going to say bitches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's, it's got to be a huge temptation for these guys to just be like, oh, man, screw this. You know, I'm not going to try as hard because... I'm, i paid. I've got money. I'm going to go out and enjoy my life. And as a head coach, you've got to wrangle all these different personalities. And God, you know, you know, when these guys get this money that their ego just blows up. And not only that, but the way the fans would just, you know, blow smoke up their butts all day long. We've had quite a few of those on our team. Who
0: are you talking about?
1: <laughs> McCoy. And as a coach, you've got to get all that in order. It's not about the X's and O's so much. That's one of the things I, I'd, I'd like a coach that doesn't call plays. I'm not a big fan of a coach that, that calls plays for the offense or the defense. I like a coach that manages. I see them as managers anymore. It used, to, it used to be different back in the day. but So, you know, you hear all this stuff about Matt Patricia and the Jets, what's going on with the Jets. Players are revolting.
0: Yeah, it was early in the season. Oh, yeah, that's
1: right. I remember. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, of course, I mean, like like the media had to hunt this guy down from Detroit, this tight end. What's his name? Vales. Never heard of him. Uh, He he actually played with Detroit for one year, two years maybe, and then he was on the practice squad, then he went to New York Giants practice squad, and then he retired. So this guy's, you know, a relative nobody in the NFL world, but yet – they hunt him down to get an interview with him, see what he thinks about Matt Patricia. You know, he's a disgruntled employee. Of course he's going to talk crap. But, you know, Patricia might be a jerk. I think these guys, some of them, they need that. They need that authoritarian, that no-nonsense. You know, but like Bill Belichick is kind of that way. You know, he's a, it's a no-nonsense football. He doesn't yeah, put up with any crap.
0: I think that there's a difference there between being like an authoritarian and just emphasizing professionalism and... Bill Belichick's whole thing is do your job, like that series that they're doing. So I think it's more about the the game and the system and the team than it is about Bill Belichick,
1: right? Or the players. He doesn't like anybody to, you know, be on social media a lot. Doesn't like them to uh, bring a lot of attention to themselves. If they if if they start becoming an attention magnet, they eject them. You know, if they're
0: yeah, look at Antonio Brown.
1: Yes, I mean they'll bring them in. And say, hey, you know, this is a team thing. It's not about you. And if they start acting that way, they're out. So, you know, there's all different types. I personally, I prefer a more authoritarian uh, coach like that. All the teachers I've ever had that I've really liked, you know, throughout college and high school and all that, were more authoritarian. I felt like I learned more. Yeah, you know?
0: like you, re- you responded better to the structure. I think. Yeah, maybe I guess. Because in general, you're anti-authoritarian, right? I know it's weird, isn't <laughs> it's so it? So weird. <laughs> but with Matt Patricia, you just wonder. He's this will be what his second year. Yes, they've lost both years. I think his record is like nine and nineteen and one as their head coach
1: typical Belichick tree
0: Yeah and the poor lions they've been through this rodeo how many times as often as we have probably Too many. I think
1: their biggest mistake was getting rid of Schwartz was it name, Schwartz
0: Yeah Jeff D- Jim Schwartz
1: Tim Schwartz defensive coordinator for the Eagles now Yeah right? yeah he's like so him. good yeah Uh yeah I think you're right but in the, the this year they say he's shown up for time to, on time for meetings he's not being as gruff with the players all that mess so
0: But has he poisoned that well already
1: Well, you know, he was trying to build his team. This guy, this tight end here, and all the guys they got rid of were leftovers from Caldwell's team. Yeah. So, you know.
0: Frequently happens. Yeah, it
1: happens every time you get a regime change. So, you know, he's going to find players that respond to the way he coaches.
0: Yeah. And guys that he likes, he's probably going to treat differently. I mean, if he didn't like those guys, I don't know. True. Maybe they had a bad attitude. Yeah. I don't
1: know. So, what we can't expect from Detroit is... A pretty tough team. You know, if nothing else, they're going to be tough physically.
0: Okay. Right? Yeah.
1: Although, uh, I'm trying to think. see, like gets that Minnesota game, there was quite a few instances of lack of tackling. I want to say yeah. number 40 or 48. I was watching him a lot of the game. He just looked like he did not want to be out there on the field. He would avoid contact. Maybe.
0: And Blau just got destroyed <laughs> that game. We
1: are going to. Yeah, I really thought we'd feast on... Reset more than we did, although we didn't do bad considering their offensive line. But this, yeah, we are this guy this guy looks like it hurts him to throw the football. He's so small. And when he throws it, he just he puts everything into it. He almost grimaces, you know. It's like oh
0: he threw two picks against Minnesota and had five sacks, putting up a passer rating of sixty point
1: nine. Against Minnesota? Yeah. Well, it is Minnesota too. So Yeah. Hey, you predicted they were going to the Super Bowl.
0: I'm still sticking to it. They're in the playoffs, so you never know. You never know. <laughs> the Saints were a good pick. They were my second pick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Plan B. <laughs> and we both picked the Patriots because, well,
0: it's, the, it's Patriots. the
1: Patriots. And it's so funny. You're hearing these. Everybody's like they're on this losing ski. They've lost you know, a few games in a row here. Yeah,
0: now that they're in the more difficult part of their schedule, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Tell so first. How did the NFL do that? Yeah, they're bipolar. You know, one minute you think they hate the Patriots, the next minute you think they love the Patriots. I mean, they they gave the Patriots the easiest schedule in the league. This is a team that just won the Super Bowl. Right. They have the easiest schedule in the league. But then again, playing in that division is pretty easy. Although Buffalo, who saw that coming? I know. So we both picked the Patriots. And if I didn't pick the Patriots, I definitely don't think I would have picked Baltimore. As a matter of fact, I don't even think I have them leading the— Division.
0: Yeah, I probably would have picked the Steelers.
1: Yeah, but or yeah. the Chiefs. So everybody is like, "Oh, you know, the Patriots are done." Should they start doing more trick plays, and like, every year this happens. It's so <laughs> crazy, and it just like it gives the Patriots fuel. They love this. They need know, right? it. Yeah, right.
0: maybe they're tanking on purpose.
1: You never know with them, Ambassador.
0: I just think that they are in a totally different league.
1: Yeah, they are. they are completely. You just can't be this good. That like it's the best, best. Performance by any sports team in history. You know, with the way the NFL has worked so hard to get parity and then to have a team be on top, this dominant for 20 years, it's incredible.
0: I think we've talked more about the Patriots than we have about the Lions.
1: I think we, I know we've done that more than we have the Buccaneers. Have we said anything about the Buccaneers in this podcast?
0: No, because I'm not really worried about the Buccaneers.
1: I know, me neither.
0: Yeah. I think they're <laughs> going to come out there and have fun and. Their goal is going to be to win.
1: If they play with energy, keep an eye on Whitehead. Whitehead seems to be the... He took the role of Quan Alexander. I'm he, so
0: glad that you brought him up because we ended up watching that mic'd up. And the coolest thing I saw about him was he has handshakes with mm-hmm. all these different people. So he did it with Carlton Davis and Devin White, and their handshakes are different. Yeah, they're like
1: complex But handshakes. they're
0: very like rigid, and they have great form
1: you know like
0: they're dead serious about
1: it yeah yeah and you can tell they put a lot of practice yeah
0: into it. and it's like almost a little militaristic with how like um snappy their movements are they're like cheer <laughs> you know like a good cheerleader has like some good snappy <laughs> motions and also him and Carlton Davis seem to have a good bond. He was the first one that I saw the handshake with, and then I think Whitehead might have made a play, or maybe Davis made the play, and the other one went right up to him, and they were congratulating each other, and so.
1: He's got cool. so much energy, and he's definitely a rah-rah guy, and he he brings a lot of energy to that defense. And when you see him not having energy, that's a bad sign for our defense. I yeah, saw...
0: he kind of fell off in the middle of the season. I thought.
1: Yes. Well, he got hurt. I can't remember which game, and then uh, there was two games in a row: the Saints, the second Saints game, and what was one right before that? We're Seattle. Hor- We're horrible Bucks fans. Was it Seattle? Anyhow, there was a couple games where he just did not have the energy he normally does, and you know the defense didn't play as well w- without that. So keep an eye on Whitehead, see how he's running around after plays and during thing during the game, and that that should be a good indication to how our defense is going to play. But if we play with the energy we've had the past few weeks, there's no way Detroit's going to get very far on us defensively.
0: Yeah, I mean, they have a backup quarterback. <laughs> but that didn't work in our favor before. I mean, we yeah. played... <laughs> we played
1: plenty of backup quarterbacks that have whooped us. But this is a new team. Yeah. This is a new team.
0: Okay. So, yeah, that's true. We had Daniel Jones. We had Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill.
1: God.
0: It's not a very good run yeah. against backup quarterbacks.
1: Ryan Tannehill's playing lights out. They're on a I know. six or seven game win. Yeah, streak? they're
0: still in the hunt.
1: I thought they had the division.
0: No, they're they were two games behind Houston. What I think when we played them. Oh, now no, they're, they're tied, tied they're with tied Houston. Up. Okay, yeah. when we played them, they were two games behind Houston.
1: Obviously so they done caught up. Yeah, Houston's got the tiebreaker. Apparently,
0: they're on a four game win streak. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, uh, Houston's got one more division win than Tennessee. So, but Tannehill's is doing great. He's-
0: I'm starting him in fantasy this week against Jacksonville. I think that's
1: right. You're in the playoffs. Who, I are you, am. who are you playing? I don't remember. You better win.
0: I'm gonna win. I hope nothing worse than getting knocked out the first week. Oh
1: uh, yeah, there is
0: <laughs> not making it. Not at all. making the playoffs. How's that feel?
1: <laughs> Feels terrible. First time it's ever happened. I am in the losers bracket, so we get a week off this week.
0: Oh, that's nice. Not really. <laughs> Why don't you trade me all your good players?
1: They won't let us. Collusion. Yeah.
0: I cannot believe I forgot to bring this up. Sue is coming home.
1: Yeah. It's
0: where he was drafted.
1: Yeah, and he played five years there. I think four. They spent a lot of money on him. I think at one point he was making $20 million a year. Wow. that <laughs> was a ridiculous Ugh. amount for a defensive tackle.
0: I wonder how he'll play. I think he'll show up pretty good.
1: From what I've seen of this Detroit's offensive line, I think everybody's going to play pretty good on our <laughs> defensive line, especially after playing the Colts last week. You know, you go from playing a really good offensive line to a not really good offensive line. And uh, you're going to play better because you are used to playing the good offensive line.
0: All right. What's your score prediction?
1: You go first.
0: All right. I'm going to go 17.
1: We're only going to score 17 points?
0: No, the the Lions. You
1: think they're going to score that many? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they can go high, although they did only score seven against the Vikings. All right. I'm going to give them 17 and I think that we're gonna score I'm gonna go with forty two.
1: Holy crap, whoa.
0: I think it's gonna be a blowout.
1: Yeesh. I like the cut of your gym.
0: I just think if Jameis Winston throws it like he did last week, although he he's got the thumb injury. I hope that's not gonna hurt him. We'll see. We'll see.
1: Well, if it does, you can use it as an excuse yeah. for your bad prediction.
0: <laughs> All right, what's your score?
1: <laughs> no, I really like your confidence. It's exciting. Well, you know, the Lions have I think Minnesota is about the worst game they've played twice. Minnesota beat them by 12 points in Week 7 and then whooped them last week. Other than that, I don't think anybody's beaten them by more than one score. They went toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, they also had Matt Stafford uh, at that point, too. So I'm going to have to go. I'm like in the 30 range, so I'm going to say 32-21.
0: I gotcha. I should have sent the Bucks score first, right? I did seventeen forty two. It should have been forty two
1: seventeen. Okay. I think it Corrected it. I was All just right. I was trying to be funny. So
0: you're saying bucks thirty two, lions twenty one?
1: Yeah. How did we do last week in our picks? Our score.
0: I said thirty one twenty four bucks. You said thirty one twenty one bucks.
1: So you were closer.
0: I was closer. Hmm. In your face. <laughs> we, like, never do this. We make the predictions one week and then never touch them again. Yeah, forget about it. I don't even them. look at them. Yeah.
1: And you did bring up a point that uh, you think Detroit's pretty much given up on the season. So, hmm. Dude, they, are they going to score? I mean,
0: it is a you're lost closer. season. Yeah. I mean, 42 might be a little optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they do have a not great passing defense. It's like 30th. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, with Jameis, I'm like, he can put up that many points.
1: Yeah. Things are not looking good for the Detroit Lions. All right. Well, uh, there is no press conference for Bruce Arians that I'm going to add on because I added them both on last night instead of saving one for this podcast. I don't know. I was drunk. So, (laughs) (laughs) if you want to hear Bruce Arians' latest podcast... Listen to our podcast from yesterday. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we are pretty confident we're going to win against Detroit Lions. That'll give us four in a row. Hoping to close out the season with six in a row. Really, the only game we're worried about is the Houston Texans. Me. And honestly, I'm not really that worried about them. Yeah, me neither. I'm still basking in the glow of Sunday's win. <laughs> I know. It's three wins in a row, man. We just, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm going to get used to this feeling now. I
0: know. You do want to end a season like this. You really do. Rather than get the wins all up front and then have a lose streak. That sucks.
1: That's the worst. That's what we did last year. It yeah. was horrible. Just so disappointing. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for us. <clears throat> Until next time.
0: Go Bucks.